Hello, and a very warm welcome to a new episode of World Build, brought to you by World Architecture News from Alison and Nav. In today's episode, we speak to Jaspers Ayres Architects, headline sponsors of the 2021 WAN Awards. Jaspers Ayres Architects is an international architecture firm working out of three offices in Belgium on a range of global projects. CEO John Ayres and his son Loic join us today to talk about the importance of flexibility, working with the community to acknowledge its needs and how the environment should be placed very high on the priority list. The 2021 WAN Awards virtual ceremony is taking place on the 17th and 18th of November, and you can watch the winner's ceremony live at wanawards.com. Thank you both for talking to us today. If I can start with you, John, how do you make sure you succeed as an architecture firm? Yes, I think flexibility is the core of our company on all uh, our job levels from board to the technicians. So when the people start to work here, they know that they have to be reachable, that we have to be flexible in function of the questions that our clients are asking us. It's a part of our DNA. And you recognize, John, the importance of taking care of the environment. In fact, you've said it's a moral duty to manage sustainability and ecology. How do you bring that into your architecture? Yes, I think it's the moral duty of all the people to take care of our planet. I think it's very important as architects to try to follow that idea and to do what you have to do because once the experience of people starts within the buildings that they live and work, I think by making ecological and sustainable buildings, we help change the state of mind of the people using our buildings. Hmm. Do, you, do you find that developers of buildings want to go along the route of a sustainable approach or is it very much something that's coming from you? But now it's general. Huh? In all the world, we are uh, talking about sustainability and uh, durability and all that new elements. It was not like that a few years ago. Now everybody is talking about it. So I think also developers, everybody wants to bring new buildings and to take care of all what's happening on the planet. I think it's a society uh, subject, so it is becoming a standard uh, for the moment in our country and I think also in other countries. And look, can I just bring you in here? Do you think that clients and developers are on the case in terms of looking at how important the environment is and how buildings can work with the environment? Yeah, I, I think it is very important, and I think everyone on the on the planet has to make sure that we work and live together in a in the most sustainable way. And I think as architects, we play a major part in that because we can influence and make people conscious about living in a comfortable building, which at the same time is taking part in, in a sustainable way. First thing is the well-being of the people who are working it. And I think there we have a lot of discussions in the beginning with the program of the client. How he sees functioning its own company. And I think 
when we feel that our client has an idea how he wants to work in the future, then we can try to design a building who will help him to fulfill what he wants to do. And I think that's very important that when the client is not open to change the way of working, then it's also difficult for an architect, I think, to make a building because then we have to force him to do certain things and that's not good. So, and we have to work in team to try to make that people who will work afterwards in the building have a good feeling. And what's the most important thing to get right in design? What do you think are the critical key parts? It is important that we can follow with the, the design of a building the, the changement in, in function. So before a working space was just a place to work, but today it's more a place to meet people, to relax and to be healthy. So I think that's a big changement. And today don't work together anymore like it was before. People are brought together to work on a project and they change also in the building in function of the project that on which they have to work. So this is a, a complete different approach that makes also the way that we work on the implantation of cores and how we and what's the atmosphere. So second thing is also we want that there is to be enough daylight because that's very important that the people have also a contact with outside so that people can feel when the sun is shining, when it's not shining, people will somewhere go there to have a meeting. You don't need always to be in a meeting room. You can also go outside, do take a walk with people together and discuss when you are walking and do a meeting like that. So it depends also on what is the kind of building, where is it situated, is it in the city center, is it outside of the city, what is the plot, what can you do on that plot. So there are a lot of elements who will be important to make a building that uh, gives something new and, and will help people to, to work in a better environment. Yeah, it's, it's a mixture really, isn't it? And getting that mixture correct. In regard to how the pandemic has affected people's work, Are you now being asked, for example, to put in more outside space so that people can have meetings outside? Yes, but I can see is because everybody is looking now what is happening after uh, the COVID period and what have we to do and how, what is the impact of working home, how people we work in the future. It are a lot of questions that a lot of people ask. Yes, what you feel now when we make new design, you feel already that before in an office building, you had not terraces, you have not outside spaces on the levels where the people work. Today it's changed. Today, people ask that also in office buildings, people can go in the building on a certain level, go outside. And we try also when there is outside space to integrate that in the project. And are you experiencing the same things when you're designing the need for outdoor space? Um, I think more in general, after COVID, the office is not still anymore a place for individual working, but it's more of the event of coming to the office, being able to collaborate, to design spaces for people, being able to easily meet and share with each other the subjects they are working on. It's more than just the, the individual work, I think. Yeah, maybe the needs of an office are changing now and it's not an automatic place where people go without thinking. They're now coming in with a purpose. They're coming in to meet 
people. They're coming in to discuss ideas. And that will influence the design going forward. Yeah, and I think we, we need to design these workplaces to be able to adapt and be flexible and change towards these needs. What are you changing when you're looking at an office project post-COVID? Are you giving people more space? The needs of the different companies are always uh, different, but we have to try to facilitate people coming together and being able to share uh, their, their experiences. And whether this is in a meeting room or at the bar or around the round table, that doesn't matter, but it's it just uh, about the flexibility to offer this variety of spaces. And how do you go about introducing flexibility Do you talk to the client about how they operate? Do you do floor plans? Do you use data on movement within that space? What's your starting point? Uh, well, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, the starting point is to see how somebody wants to work. Like in certain clients, they said, we come out of an elevator and around that space, we will have all the meeting rooms. We will have the coffee corners there. We will have the lockers there. There will be a secretary there. So all the common spaces are put together. You, you have to create a building who give a lot of possibilities so that people can, in function of the project and the program that they have received, uh, to come to the certain result. Hmm. And you talk about user comfort. What is it that people really value in an office space? Is it temperature? Is it airflow? Is it daylight? Or is it a mixture indeed of all of those? What do you think people need for a pleasant office environment? Uh, yeah, I think it's a mixture of, of all of them. But I think the most important thing is, um, of course, you need fresh air, but uh, you need also, I think, an abundance of daylight entering the building, the possibility to be to orientate and to have views and to know where you are. It's more than one element. You have to create a certain atmosphere. I think that's important, that you create a certain atmosphere that people, that they are not stressed, but that they are really, that they feel at home and that they can work uh, on, on a project. And it has to be with temperature, with humidity, with daylight, with all that elements, but uh, it's, it's a mixture. And is it more of a challenge now, do you think, to design an office environment? Because these environments need to be far more than just a static space where people can sit and work. Uh, no, it's not more difficult. It's simply, it's another approach. So like, that's why we also work together with uh, research centers, manufacturer and certain specialists in, in certain departments, because what's important for us to know what's coming tomorrow on the market, because all the factories, all the research centers that exist are also looking for a lot of elements who will be important to work together. So, yes, you have to feel what's coming on on the market and how I can implement that in, in an office building to create another atmosphere for people who will work. It's not more difficult, it's, it's another approach. And how much influence do you take from architecture and development going on in other countries? Do you look at what is happening in other countries and try to apply these same changes and developments to your own projects? 
No, I think it's important to do today with internet and, and all the things we have an accessibility to the world who is fantastic. So that helps everybody. I think everybody is looking what's happening in all the world. And you see for the moment Scandinavian countries where was already in the past, they used already a lot of wood who was not in our countries. Today with sustainability and durability and all things like that, you see also that a lot of clients start to be interested, can we not use wood in our buildings because it's sustainable and, and things like that. So it's also interesting to see what's happening in the world because the world is changing very fast and the growth in Europe is 0.6%, in China is 9% grow. So it's going faster in one country than in another country. So the evolution is also different sometimes in one country to another country because there is a other, there are other possibilities. So it's interesting to see. And there are also regulations that are sometimes very interesting in other countries and other cultures. For instance, we are working in Poland, we are working in China, we are working in France and in Germany. But you see there are different approaches. For instance, in Poland, there is a rule that every apartment has to have the possibility of one hour and a half sun into an apartment. That's a rule that doesn't exist in our country. But it's a very good rule because we said, yes, it's logic that you could have sun in your apartment for a certain period. So sometimes there are in other countries elements who are very interesting to use also in our country because it gives a better way of living or working in, in buildings. Are you able to give some examples of inspiration that you've taken from other countries that you've applied to your projects? Yeah, we are working on a, on a project in Brussels for the Flemish government, which is very interesting because for the first time that we do it, we are doing a renovation of a building and the part is a renovation and part is new part. So what we are doing is to give a label on each material who was in the building. The part we demolish, we try to take, to use it in the building again, but maybe on a complete different way. Uh, what they want to see, concrete that we broke down and to use it again in other materials that we use again in the building. Try also to give to the new materials that we bring in into the building a label so that you know where it's factored, when it's done, so that after maybe 20 years or 30 years, that somebody can see, oh, that steel construction is made in Germany and uh, it was on that date and it was in that factory and we can use it again. So it's a completely new approach also to before we demolish the building, it was demolished and we take everything together and we broke it down and that's what is. Today, it's also another approach. We try to reuse 30% of the concrete that we demolish in the new concrete of the building and, and in the other material. So that's, I think, on the way of sustainability, very important and that we also give a label to all the materials so that when they want to reuse it in, in the next generation, that they know something about the materials and that they can see what they can do with it. That sounds a really sensible idea to get those materials into an accountability chain. And I believe you're talking about the former WTC Towers building. 
it's a very good example of cradle to cradle working, isn't it? With 65% of materials being reused, I believe. That's a high figure for reuse. Would you agree? Yeah, what we what we try to do because it's the first time in Belgium that it happens. So it was also new for everybody and convince a certain number of factories to help on it because they have to have agreements of the government to reuse materials. They have to do new tests in research centers to see that it works to reuse materials and things like that. They say, oh, that's good because then we do something for the society. Yeah, and, and also save a considerable amount of embodied carbon by doing that. Is this a more expensive approach? That's a little bit a problem that we all have. Buildings that we do like that will cost more than than the other way of working. Maybe it, it would change in the future, but you feel now that the prices of the buildings are going up because we use also alternative energy sources and things like that. The people have no choice anymore. Our clients have no choice anymore. When you bring a new building on the market, you cannot do it on the old way. You have to do it. You have to keep in consideration uh, solar paneling, geothermics, and, and all that things. There is a changement in the society, and you have to follow. When you don't follow, you are out. It's finished. You cannot construct anymore. And that's also the difficulty of existing buildings that we have now, that not all the existing buildings are made to have a changement in functions. So the mixed use and things like that, it's not always possible. So there are buildings who still have to be demolished completely because you cannot do anything anymore with them. But today we try with the new buildings to have the free height of buildings to make them higher so that you can have different functions again. We try to uh, to reinforce concrete slabs so that you can have in the future more functions in the building. So the way of building today is completely changed, but it will change in 10 years. In 20 years, it will be maybe still different. Okay, so when you look at renewable energy, do you automatically think, how can I put that into a building so that it can be sustainable going forward? Is that the normal process now that people look to renewable energy sources rather than the more traditional approach? Yes, there's no project anymore on which we, we, we don't come with alternative energy. But you have to see, and then it's to see where is the building. Eh? Is it on the coast side? Is it in, in, in a city environment? So then the approach is different. And you cannot do... Yes, it's, it's, it depends on where the building is situated, what is the neighborhood, what is the ground level, the water level in the underground. There are a lot of things who, who gives a lot of influence to what you can do and what you not can do. But, but that makes it interesting. So that's why every project is unique. Uh, its environment is the soul, is, is the regulations. There are a lot of things who comes together with which you have to to work and it will not go in one go. Uh, it, it's a process to feel at the end, everybody will say a certain project, it's logic, I see, but it's not always like that. It's the process to come to a building who takes now more time than before because you have to take in consideration a lot of elements that before people ignored. Yeah, I imagine you have to consider a lot more options now and also have 
an eye to the future all the time, as you mentioned, that with the flexibility element being so critical. Yes, that's right. But it's also interesting eh, to do that. It's not that it's very hard to do it, to work together with research centers and factories and things like that. We see also that there are coming new products, there are new possibilities, and that makes it interesting because that has also an influence on the look of buildings and the design of buildings. For instance, Apple has given the opportunity to certain factories, they have financed new research centers to make glass that we can use now just until 50 meters high in one piece. But it's amazing, eh? it gives new possibilities also for all the other developers to use glass on other dimensions. Something interesting to, to follow all the evolutions, smart buildings. Another example, it's maybe something very uh, simple, but with COVID we cannot touch anything anymore. So the interconnectivity on techniques is interesting. Elevators, for instance, before we have to put, you have to, you put your finger on push to, to ask the, the elevator to come. Today, with your smartphone, the elevator will recognize, ah, it's you, and you have to go to the second level, to third level. So you have not to come anymore to one of the buttons or something like that. You see also COVID has had its negative elements or influences, but also it's positive elements because there are a lot of factories who are started to think, what can we do to make COVID-proof buildings? What can we find out to make it easier for people to work? And it's all that elements who will has an impact on construction and designing of buildings. There will be experiences that in new buildings can be integrated. To enjoy being part of a community, really, isn't it? I think COVID has accelerated the use of these new technologies and they've focused everybody, haven't they, on getting them implemented. Before it might have just been a supplier or an architect who wanted to use something, but now there's a real purpose between changing these things to make these environments as safe as possible. I think it's certainly woken up a few people to these ideas so thank you very much, John and Loic, for your time today. It's been a really interesting conversation. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Thank you. With pleasure. <laughs> thank you. The World Build podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. So follow, download and join us as we look into the world of architecture and interior design. If you want to give us feedback on these podcasts or get involved as a speaker, please contact us via waneditorial at haymarket.com.